We come into the world and we are given the most powerful tool, but we aren't handed a user manual for it. I am talking about our mind. This is Emily from EssentiallyM.com and I am obsessed with mindset, manifestation, and spiritual alignment. I study NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is the deep understanding of the subconscious mind and how we can actually program and use it to create health, success, and happiness in our lives because our thoughts are truly our most powerful tool. If you are ready to create a life that you are absolutely in love with and live in a reality that is better than your dreams, then stick with me and consider this your weekly dose of free coaching. Welcome to the Miracle Mindset. Hey, it's me. I just wanted to let you know that if you are into personal development like I am, then you might be interested in the morning and evening ritual journals I created to help myself walk through a morning routine and an evening review or ritual. This, of course, is a habit of the world's most successful people, but I always found it so, so overwhelming. They start and end their day with things like journaling, affirmations, intention setting, clarity, evaluations and check-in, self-care actions of course like moving their body or stretching or taking deep breaths or meditating and it was just so overwhelming. I didn't know where to start, which ones to do, which ones not to do and felt like I didn't have time to do it all. So this all led to the creation of my morning and evening ritual journals which I am proud to announce are now available on Amazon. All you have to do is search The Morning Ritual Journal by Emily Ann Brandt or The Evening Ritual Journal by Emily Ann Brandt. And I hope you'll get both. You'll get free shipping if you do. And I know these will change the game for you like they did for me. So with that, let's get back to our show. You guys, we have such a treat for you today with this episode. We have an amazing epic guest. She is such a boss. Her name is Keisha Fitzgerald. She is an online fitness coach. She has built a seven-figure online business. She left the corporate world at age 25. She's now 29 and running this amazing business. Her Instagram has almost 15,000 followers and on her Instagram you can find her posting dancing videos, inspiration, real talk, all the things. She's so authentic and she's so funny and energetic and it was such a pleasure talking with her. She is just exactly how you see her on her social media. Even when we weren't recording the interview, like when we were off, you know, off camera, off microphone, she was so exactly how you see her. She's so bubbly, so kind, so humble, so down to earth. And this interview is so good. It's so full of wisdom and tips and truth bombs. So get a pen and paper handy, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you are going to want to write some of this stuff down. So without me babbling on any longer and fangirling over here, let's just dive into the episode. Enjoy. All right, Keisha, thank you so much for joining me on the Miracle Mindset podcast. I'm so excited for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. And then selfishly, I'm excited to kind of pick your brain a little bit and get to know you more because you are such a force and I'm just so excited for our listeners to get a chance to have this honor of chatting with you. So you are so sweet. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. I'm so honored to be on your show and I can't wait to just dive into all of it. So thank you, girl. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I thought we could start with you maybe just telling us a little bit more 
about yourself and your business journey, which I find so cool and so inspiring. But I'll let you put tell it in your own words and then uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, for sure. So um, I actually started by going down the path of I thought, you know, I need to go to college. I need to get the job. I need to climb the corporate ladder and then get married and have like 2.2 kids and do what I thought, you know, society's standards were of what the right way to do things were. Well, Mm -hmm. I got the job. And it was amazing. I loved my managers and I loved my career trajectory, but I had this gut feeling that I wanted to do something else, but I didn't know what that thing was. And so I had no clarity to like what I would actually want to start. I actually was comfortable with, you know, leaving if I had something else I wanted to do, but I didn't know what that was. So instead of, um, you know, leaving and starting a business because I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do, I instead stayed in the corporate path. And I ended up stumbling upon a company called Beachbody that I ended up building a business with um, because I was working crazy hours in this corporate job. I was in IT project management. So I was living in Seattle. My team was in China. Um, So I was working crazy hours and like my health and fitness goals just got put on the back burner. So I kind of stumbled into um, the health coaching business that I ended up starting partnering with Beachbody out of necessity for myself. And then I was just building it for fun on the side and didn't really think that it would turn into anything massive until my now fiance and I moved from Seattle to New York City for him to go to NYU Dental School. And it was really expensive to live in downtown New York City. (laughs) Yeah. And, And I was really tested of if I wanted to build this side business into something more because I got my on paper dream job working at Google in downtown New York City. Wow. And... Um, It was amazing and I'm so grateful for it. And honestly, it was an incredible company, but my heart was like pulling me in a different direction. So I hustled really hard on my side business, turned it into my full-time job and left the corporate world in April of 2015. And now we live in San Diego. My boyfriend of 10 and a half years became my fiance and we have a dog. Congrats. Um, Thank you. (laughs) And I have a podcast too. And now I'm just kind of doing things here in Southern California. Yes. I love your podcast. The Empower Her podcast. Everybody should go check it out. So good. I love your solo episodes, but I like your interviews as well. But um, I listened to one today. Yeah, I listened to one today. It was just you talking about like embracing the suck and like how everybody sucks in the beginning. It's so true. So So true. (laughs) Yeah, so I loved that. Uh, So with building your side hustle and still working full time, how did you handle that? And did you ever feel like you were like living a double life in a sense? Ooh, good question. So <laughs> I um, so I predominantly worked on my business before work and after work, and I didn't really do things for my business while I was at my corporate job just because it was crazy busy as it was. And I was yeah. very cautious because, uh, because my fiance was in dental school. That was his full-time job. So I was financially supporting both of us. So I also went into it with the lens of the fact that like I didn't want to like get fired or something. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. And I, and I wanted to show up the best way that I could to that job because I did really love it. Um, so I was really intentional about one thing that I did that worked really well was on Sunday nights, I would sit down and I would map out my game plan for the week of when I, and I think this would apply to any business or a blog or anything that yeah. you're starting of just being super intentional of when am I working on this and when am I not working on this? 
because mm-hmm. sometimes with an entrepreneurial spirit, um, <laughs> especially if you're building, you know, a business and you're working a full time job, they can kind of mesh together, which I think is normal. But having those clear boundaries helps me be on and off so that I could compartmentalize a little bit yeah. and it made it easier to kind of go through the days without feeling like I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's such good advice because I know there's a lot of women who listen to this podcast and a lot of them have that entrepreneurial spirit or the desire to start a side hustle, but they're just wondering, like, how do I even balance it all and do it all? Um, I'm also wondering, so how long did it take you to go from part-time to full-time? Yeah. So I think just to even answer kind of that first part of your question, I going into it, I knew that it wasn't going to be balanced. I knew that I was going to be moving into a season of hustle. And I think sometimes we get really worried of like, how am I going to do this all? But I think it's important to remember that when you're starting something new or when you're just starting a business and you're working a full-time job, that it's going to feel really messy. And a lot of times we see, especially like on social media, it painted to be like all of the highlights of everything, but Nobody's talking about when you're like in your glasses and you have no bra and a messy bun and you're like crying and you're like squeezing your glasses with your finger and like you have a snot <laughs> yeah. going everywhere. Like that was yeah. the reality is yeah. like I, I doubted myself and I didn't really know um, exactly what I was doing the whole time. But yeah, my mindset going into it wasn't necessarily like an expiration date on it. It wasn't like I have to do this until, you know, if it's not my mm. full time job by this date, then I'm not going to do it. I was very intentional to fall in love with the process of building this on the side. And then um, because of that, I worked my face off. Um, I worked really, really hard to build this really quickly so that it surpassed my income um, 14 months into starting it. And then I strategically left. Um, But again, it was it was one of those things where I wasn't. I'm not a believer and I get a lot of messages like on Instagram and stuff of like, Keisha, should I, you know, jump and like quit my job and follow my path? And, and I hear that message and I'm like, it depends on your situation where Mm -hmm. for me, I couldn't do that because I was financially supporting two people, one that couldn't work because he was in a really rigorous academic program. And I'm grateful for that. Um, because it made me be so much more strategic and truth of the matter is a couple of years of building something on the side that you make sure that you're falling in love with the process of who cares how long it takes you to get where you want to go. If that's what is fulfilling for you, right? Like what's the alternative you throw in the towel and then you keep working your job. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so true. It has to come from a place of I'm doing this because it really gets done in all your spare time. I'm in that boat right now. I'm working full time and I'm building a personal development brand podcast on the side, but it doesn't feel so much like work when I'm doing it. And it feels like I'm going to do this no matter how long it takes, because this lights me up. This is my purpose. I'm not doing it out of desperation to get out of my job or anything. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Emily, that's such an important story and like a little tidbit for people to take from too, even just what you said, because it's like, if you're doing this because you love it, then it's adding fulfillment and joy to your life 
regardless of what finances it's bringing. And I think sometimes when people come into something and they're so dang focused on that end goal of how long is it going to take me, they're missing not only the joy in the process, but they're missing all the learning opportunities and they're missing the fact that like people are interested in your journey. So if we can be open about how tough it is to work a full-time job and build a side hustle, or if we can talk about how hard it is to doubt yourself, but still have a personal development brand podcast, those are the Mm -hmm. types of conversations that are going to help people feel like they're not alone. So I think it's really powerful to have that story right now. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love it. We're getting into the juicy stuff already. (laughs) (laughs) That's so real. So real. And that, that inspires me to share the, the struggles a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so a lot of entrepreneurs talk about dealing with like imposter syndrome when they reach new levels or they start to self-sabotage and they get that inner critic. Have you ever had any of that pop up for you? And what was that like? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I think every single time that I want to like level up in my business or in my life, it's, um, it's going to happen, right? Because everything is new again. When you all of a sudden, it's like you get that feeling like I I always think about it like when you sit down at your corporate job and it's your first day and you're like, I got the job and you're so excited. (laughs) You sit down and then all of a sudden they like give you your training pamphlet and like your logins to your computer and you're like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden you sit in your first meeting and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Everybody else knows what they're doing. And then you get the hang of it and then your brain starts to drift into what's next. And then all of a sudden you want to move for that promotion. You get that promotion because you work your butt off and then you're sitting there and you're back to square one again and you feel like you're doubting yourself. Am I qualified? Can I do this? Is everyone smarter than me in the room? Like, should I even have went for this? Like every single person, if they're honest, is going to tell you that they deal with this in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, in terms of just feeling that self-doubt, I just expect it. And I, I look at those like moments of friction and I'm like, oh, awesome. I get to learn something here. And I'm really intentional about finding what can I grow through in like as I'm going through this essentially. And I'm looking for those things and then I'm pulling anything that I learn. And I think about going through life. This is kind of like my philosophy in general where everything that I struggle with, I think I'm supposed to navigate it and pull something teachable out of it and share Mm -hmm. it with someone else to help the next girl coming that runs into the same struggle because as humans, we don't have enough time here on the planet to experience everything that we need to experience to That's learn right. what we need to yeah. learn. Mm-hmm. So I think it's normal if you're feeling that way. And anyone that's honest is going to tell you that they experience that too. Um, and then as far as imposter syndrome, I don't have imposter syndrome for things that I know what, that I've done. So for example, I don't feel... Like if someone were to say, oh, you got lucky with the business that you had or, you know, you have this success because of X, Y, Z. I don't experience imposter syndrome when I can look at myself and say, well, it's just not true that I got lucky. It's true that I worked hard. So I think sometimes when you're feeling that imposter syndrome, it's asking yourself, is the story that I'm telling myself even true? Is the story that someone else is projecting on me even true? Or am I interpreting this and just feeling doubtful and deciding something that's not serving me? And so it's that dance that's kind of hard to navigate, but I feel like once you do it enough, you get a little bit more comfortable and I experience it less than I used to, but I still experience it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's 
great point is just look at how much work you've put in. Look at how hard you've hustled for this. Like that's your proof right there. Yeah. That you're not an imposter and you definitely deserve to be where you're at. Totally. I love that. Uh, So I love your positive energy and the way you just seem to be so natural at lifting other people up. So tell me about the moment that you realized that that's what you were meant to do for a living, basically boost women up. And yeah. Yeah. It's um, thank you for that, first of all. And I think I've always been someone that's been very curious of Mm -hmm. other people's stories. And I've always wanted to, because of some of the struggles that I even went through, like in my upbringing, I've always had this lens that I was supposed to help people get happier. And I didn't know what that meant. And honestly, the the flip side of that, it sounds really positive. Like, oh, you're going to be this person that uplifts people. But the hard part is, you've got to chart your own path in this world as an entrepreneur or like in this personal development space, there's not someone that I can look at and that tells me this is exactly what it looks like versus my fiance as a dentist. It's like, go to school, go to dental school, get the degree, do the hours, do the amount of root canals or whatever you need to do, go work at a (laughs) clinic. Right. And then learn, you get better. And this is kind of how it evolves. So he's got this very linear path for me. It's been kind of this interesting thing because I identified internally that I knew that I felt the happiest when I was helping other people and mm-hmm. when I was being really true to myself. So I think to the person listening to this, I would think of like happiness as a compass for your direction, but also understanding that with any good characteristic, there's also a bad side to it, right? Which is for being in this path, which can look really great on Instagram of like, you get to travel when you want and you get to build this business. The negative side is you have to hold yourself accountable because Mm -hmm. nobody's going to fire you if you don't show up. Right. So like making sure that when you're setting goals, um, it's based off of what actually does make you happy and fulfills you. But at the same time that you're looking at it through the lens of like, am I okay with the negative side of this too? And for me, I'm okay with the negative side of it a hundred times over that I have to motivate myself. Great. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) But some people aren't okay with that. So I think it's like, looking at it with this very like logical lens has been super helpful for me as someone who's identified early on that I wanted to serve people. But I would look at all these paths. I'm like, well, I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a teacher. I'm like, what do I want to be? Like, it doesn't exist. Okay. (laughs) I'll just go work in it project management. What? So, and now here we are and I'm still figuring it out. Like I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in a year to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still kind of in that dance of figuring it out, but I think there's so much, power and being so honest about that like we were chatting about before oh yeah for sure I remember putting out a blog post when I was kind of in transition of businesses and figuring out what I want and I was just open about it and open about all the shame and all the guilt I felt about leaving my other business behind because I had a previous MLM business I was with doTERRA essential oils fantastic company like I built up quite a few customers and even a little team and then just had this realization that my true passion lies in personal development and helping people grow their mindset. And then I felt the need to justify myself, I guess, Mm -hmm. at first, at first. (laughs) So then I wrote this big blog post, but I was shocked how many people commented and related to it and said like, thank you for sharing because my dreams, my purpose, my whatever has changed a million times. I'm 30 something years old. I still don't know what I want. Like, this is so real. And so I yeah. realized, yeah, we're not the only ones. 
Yeah. And if that story, like, I, I just want to like put a giant explanation point on what you just said. Like, sorry, I know you have other <laughs> <Yeah>. questions, but <laughs> I, I just it. feel like that story in itself of just the fact that we are multi-passionate people. A lot of people are searching for one thing, but it's like, yeah. I don't think that the same person I'm going to be 30, um, September 19th. So I'm like, okay, I, I'm not going to be the same person at 35 that I am at 30. I shouldn't expect that I'm going to want yeah. the same things. It's going to look completely different. So I'm not going to set myself up for failing of thinking that I'm going to start one thing and I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life, nor do I want to preach that message. So I think almost just the transparency of the fact that you're changing and your interests change is really appealing for people to hear because a lot of times we're socialized to think that like, you know, our grandparents' generation, it was like rewarded that they stayed at the same company yeah. for like 30 years yeah, it was. versus us. Like when I hired tech, when I hired in, um, it roles, I would look at pro like profiles of people's um, people's that were getting hired for jobs, yeah. and if they had stayed at a company for more than ten years in this day and age, that was a negative because <laughs> it showed that they weren't flexible. Wow! But in our grandparents' generation, it showed that you weren't loyal. So mm -hmm. we're kind of in this changing time, and I think that you sharing that on your Ooh. blog, I can understand why people would resonate with that. Ooh, that's so interesting. That's so good. Yeah, yeah it's so <laughs> true. Like. And even when we were kids, because our parents pretty much had this one straight path. Like my mom's a teacher. She decided when she was 17, she's going to be a teacher. She's still a yep. teacher. <laughs> she's yep. almost 60. And like when yeah. we were little kids, right, we were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, are you going to be a teacher like your mom? And you were kind of expected to choose this one path. Ah. But, I mean, luckily I have parents that they support me no matter how many times I change my crazy dreams and make all these yep. crazy plans but yep. yeah that's so that's so true that's so interesting thank you ah. for sharing that um so for our listeners who might be building a personal brand or maybe an mlm business what would your top three tips for them be if you could give us just three and selfishly i'm dying to hear these as well because duh you're crushing it so you're so sweet give us all so the tips <laughs> I think the first tip that I would give is the fact that you're not actually selling a product. Um, you're building a relationship. And I think so often where network marketers misstep is they focus so much on the product benefits and they don't fo focus on the experience that that person's going to have with you. So where I see a lot of people in the Beachbody community or any other you know, MLM is they're leading with like, this is what the benefits of this particular product are. Yeah. And that doesn't have an emotional connection to anyone. So I think if you lead with the benefits or you lead with the lifestyle that the benefits have given you, right? Not the lifestyle, like here's my car, here's my travel, but yeah. more so like I'm energized. And these are some of the things that I'm doing to get energized versus here's what is in this shake, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. So one is realizing that you're not actually selling products. You're selling the benefits of the products through the lens of the person that wants those benefits. So yeah. that's number one. Number two, I think that personal brands over being a robot to your network marketing company, you don't work for the network marketing company. You mm -hmm. work for yourself and you partner using those products or those programs or whatever it is, right? And that business model. And I think when people come into it with the lens of I'm building a personal brand mm -hmm. and I'm partnering with this company, people connect with people, not with companies, right? Yeah. So 
I think what I've always taught coaches on our team and when I've trained at, you know, different events and whatnot is to pick five different areas in your life that matter to you because what you share about is what you're going to attract. So a lot of people going on my Instagram, for example, might not even know that I have a business partnering with Beachbody, even though it's been a multiple six figure business for years and years Um, that but they wouldn't know that because I'm sharing about five topic areas that are important to me because I want to build connective tissue with people. And if one of the solutions that I have like network marketing could serve that person, awesome. But if not, then I just want to connect with them. And I think people can feel that. Mm-hmm. And this, so the first one would be, I guess, um, benefits. The second one would be becoming a personal brand. And the third tip that I would say is use your business and building a business on social media as a way to help you become more yourself. And these are so good. (laughs) I hope everyone is writing the, like I'm tempted to like, I don't want to be rude, but I'm like wanting to write this down, but whatever (laughs) it's recording. (laughs) You're amazing. (laughs) Right. This is so good. Well, I think the third one of just like, when I went into starting my business, I started it on the side. I didn't think it was going to be a full-time job. I honestly thought that network marketing was for stay-at-home moms, which is yeah. totally cool because a lot of stay-at-home moms do it. But I didn't understand how someone in a six-figure career that I went to college for was going to benefit from building a business like this. I didn't get it. But my framework going into it was, well, I'm not I'm not building a business to turn it into some massive business. I'm coming into this because someone else like me might want these programs too. Someone else might meet like me might want more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So because I went into it with that lens, my other goal for becoming, you know, a partner with this particular company was I'm going to use this as a way to just become more myself. So in work, in my corporate job, I was working with men that were like 20 years older than me and, you know, predominantly male environment and it. And I couldn't be as like, as I am for anyone that listens to my podcast or I'm connected with, I'm just like a really like person. But (laughs) I saw this as an opportunity to be like, this is the thing where I'm going to be so freaking Keisha. And I was awkward and sweaty and just real weird. I'd like post like the most random stuff. But then I started to get comfortable being myself. So if you treat network marketing or any business or a blog or a podcast as a way to help you just become more yourself, you win and everyone around you gets to see a more authentic version of you. And you don't know who you're inspiring when you show up doing the thing that you feel called to do in a way that feels right to you because someone needs to hear your story. So I don't know. Those just came to mind. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have like goosebumps. This is so good. Like, so that's, so that's what I meant about do you ever feel like you're living a double life? Because for me, I feel like I am a certain way at work yeah. because it's a work environment and it's just a different vibe. And then I'm a totally, I feel not totally different person, but I'm more my authentic self via my podcast, my Instagram, all the personal development stuff I'm doing. And that's why I love it. That's why I'm aiming to go full time. But yeah, that's that's what I meant with do you ever sometimes I feel like I'm living a double life. Like I'm just at work and I'm like, I'm so not being my full self right now. Yeah. I mean, in that regard, 100 percent, just because yeah. it I, I just saw it more as like two sides of me because I do yeah. have this like boss side of me that's like, let's go like in the boardroom, <laughs> like, rah, rah. Yeah. Um, but But then what happens is I've been doing this as my full-time job for four and a half years. So it's actually really hard to even look back to what it felt like to be that person because I was young and I wasn't as confident. But for you in this role or anyone else that's building a side hustle, Mm -hmm. my tip would be like not to let that make you feel like you're not 
being yourself, but really just kind of separated in your brain of like, this is work Emily, who's getting her ish done to pay her bills so that she can go home and work on her passion project, which will eventually be her full-time thing. But no matter how long it takes, this is something I feel called to do that people need me to do. So I'm just going to get really dang good at doing this no matter how long it takes. Because that fuels your dream. And sometimes we want to get rid of the job because it's not fun. It's sucking our life out of us. And I get that. But (laughs) at the same time, sometimes we just have to like peel it back and be like, wait a second, this is fueling my dream so I can live this out. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You have to be grateful for it. Um, But that was, yeah. And I've always been grateful for having that. You know, it pays my bills. It's it's my, it's supporting me, building my dreams at the same time. But also I was torn with that, but I feel like I'm not being true to myself. I feel like I'm living a double life. But now after talking to you, I feel like I can look at it as my podcast, my everything outside of work is my outlet where I get to practice being my most authentic self and being my most high energy. And now I just see it as something I can be grateful for. So thank you for that. That was really cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So for anyone who, oh, actually, yeah, let's go into this question. For anyone who's listening who might be working a job that is not fulfilling, they know for sure it's not their purpose, they're completely unhappy there, but they have so much fear around the ideas that might be swirling around in the back of their head about starting a business or going back to school. Um, So what would you say to them regardless of what age they are or what stage of life they're at? Totally. So... I think when you're in an environment that doesn't serve you, you have the opportunity to frame that however you want. So mm-hmm. sometimes, for example, you know, when women ask like about toxic work environments or just environments where like they have really horrible bosses, I'm like, okay, there's something that you can learn from being in this environment and maybe the environment had to be this bad and this um, not not aligned well with who you are or what you want to do in your life. It had to get this bad before you had the wake up call that you needed to make a change. So I don't believe personally in letting yourself stay stuck. I think that's a choice, but I also think there's this balance where you can show up and you can do the best to learn from your current situation. Even if there's a negative boss, you can flip the finger that you want to put at her or him Mm -hmm. and point it back at yourself and say, what can I own here? How can I get more resilient? How can I be more self-aware? But also you need to take care of yourself because at the same time, as much as you feel like you're an add value to that company, I'm sure you are, but you are replaceable. If you drop dead tomorrow, someone's going to fill your shoes. Um, And so when we can take ourselves out of that, you're not replaceable in your own dreams, but you are replaceable in, in an environment like that. So disattach a little bit from the fact that you have to stay there for any reason, you can make any choice. It's a choice that you go there, but you can still reframe why you're in it while you're looking for something else. But for someone that knows that this is not right for them, I'm not someone who says jump and the net will appear. I'm someone who says reframe while you're in it. What can you learn here? How can you grow, but hustle your face off to find something else. And I also think I would add one thing to that to the girl that's listening to this that has a side business or is starting something that's not monetizable yet is get yourself that nine to five job that you can get that paycheck and then hustle all the rest of the time. Because I really think that people can feel desperation and people can feel when you need it. And sometimes that back against the wall situation drives you. But the people that aren't in that situation, you've got to 
come at this with the lens of like, I want to have something that's going to support me, but I want to do this in a way that feels really right to me. And it takes a while to get good at something when you're starting on the side. So give yourself a little grace to learn and don't throw in the towel. Um, but having a plan where you've got that job that can support you and building your dream on the side, I think that's really powerful too. Yeah. I think that's so smart too. I'm hearing that more and more, the more podcasts and things I listen to is so many successful entrepreneurs, even uh, Marie Forleo recently was saying like, she's like, no, I did not just quit my job and go all in. Like I started it part-time and I'm hearing that more and more from entrepreneurs, which is really nice to hear that kind of realistic side of it. Whereas before I feel like it was like, no, you got to, you know, take the leap and go all in and feel the fear and yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just going to create desperate energy because you're not going to feel good when you have zero dollars in your bank account. Yeah. And some people aren't in a situation. I know you said not stage, yeah. to not answer that with stage of life, but when you have like kids that you need to feed or you're in a situation where you're the sole income provider or something yeah. like that, I don't see why we need to put ourselves in that type of a situation versus I have good friends of mine that are podcasters that would say like, no, like jump, like have no plan B. And I, I just don't, I just don't fundamentally agree, you know? So yeah. to each their own of what feels right. Some people try and yep. create the back against the, the wall situation to drive them. But I think you can be driven by purpose also. Yeah. I think some people do probably thrive in that, um, in that environment, but I think it's very few. Like I think yeah. it's a very low percentage that would thrive, uh, like you said, with their back against the wall. Right. For sure. And yeah, what I meant about the any stage of life was just like, no matter what age they are, because I know a lot of women, even, you know, my mom's age, they're wondering, like, is it too late for me to, like, manifest the life of my dreams or like live my oh. purpose? And um, yeah, it just makes me like want to cry because of course yeah. it's not. So um, do you want to maybe speak to those women who are wondering if it's too late? Yeah, it's so interesting how we create this criteria of I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm inexperienced or I'm too experienced. And it's like your story at your age, at your stage of life, that dream that's in you is put on your heart for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I personally believe that whatever is in you, like my desire in me to make massive impact in the world and speak on stages and inspire people and I have all these things that I want to create. I have best friends who their dream is I want to be the most actively involved stay-at-home mom that are like domestic goddesses. And I'm like, (laughs) awesome. That dream is in you for a reason. And that dream is in me not. Like, it's not. I'm like, my kids are going to get like cookies from the grocery store. And if they have a problem with that, like that's not the mom they were gifted. Okay. Yeah. So I think the same rules apply with like your vision for your life. If someone at 60 or someone at 45 or someone with kids, without kids, if you've got it in you, I think the reason that you're here is to live it out with your version of that. If it hasn't been done, or it's not being represented, guess what? You're gifted with this desire to be the representation. And there are a lot of people that have been super successful Mm -hmm. that have done things way late in life um, that haven't had success, that have come up with ideas when they're like 60 that have completely changed the world. So to that person, I challenge you to go type in 54 years old, um, female founders, right? Whatever it is that you want to do, go find some people that are some examples of that and then follow those people. And anyone that tells you that you can't create some space, bless and release. (laughs) Yes. So brilliant. So good. Yeah. I love that. 
So, okay. This is a kind of off-topic question, but I saw yeah. from, you know, stalking you on Instagram, doing my research, that <laughs> that you love your pump-up jams I music, do. which I love, uh, to dance and get yourself in high-vibe mood and pump yourself up for the day. And I followed your um, your Spotify playlist, by yeah! the way. Yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, so everyone listening, there's a, what is it, the Empower Her podcast playlist? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And well, I ask guests to add a song to it. And right. yeah, so there's some weird stuff on there. So it's, a, it's a it's a good mix. Yeah, I followed it. And I love how much Taylor Swift is on there. I love I love Taylor. Me too. Me too. She's so good. So good. Um, okay, so my question about the pump up jams is I'm wondering with all your positive energy, do you ever have like down days or get into a funk? Of course, I'm sure you do because you're a human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and what do you do to get out of that funk or do you just kind of honor it where it is and then let it pass or how, how do you handle that? I 100% get into funks and I let myself feel the feels even if it doesn't make sense. And I have a, a couple of people that I'll – like I have a I, – I feel very fortunate to have a lot of like close girlfriends and people that are important to me in my life but I have a few people that I will get so so ugly just raw you know Brene Brown calls it like your shitty first draft um (laughs) of like just getting it out I I have to do that I'm a verbal processor so I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm a verbal processor so when I'm sad or I'm in a funk I I physically can't stay in it I have to get it out physically so I have a couple of people that I can do that with and I will use my resources like phone a friend, right? Mm, or yeah. I will journal it out and just get it physically out of my body because if I think about it, my head will actually hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and if I cry or I want to scream or whatever, or I need to go like on a run or I need to get outside, like I, I honor the feeling of whatever is in me and just get it out and then I sort through it. And I think sometimes we play the head game of trying to logically like, convince ourselves of something but I think it's worth like just getting the mess out and then sorting through it afterwards that's like more of my process and that helps me rebound more quickly because then if I can identify what the problem is then I can actually attack it versus if I don't really know what's wrong um and I'm just trying to make sense of it in my head without getting the emotion out then I struggle a lot so yeah get it out sort through it afterwards and then honestly movement in general, being outside, pump up playlists. I have a mini trampoline in my office and in our living room. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so stuff like that really does help. I have a ridiculous morning routine that I do every single day so I can start my day with a lot of intention. Nice. And at nighttime, my fiance, Sina, and I walk. Um, I keep saying fiance because it's new. So I yeah. just like, yeah, I keep saying that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so dorky. When did but you get engaged? Like how new is this? The 4th of July. Okay, Yeah. But we've been I got together for last October, and I, I <gasps> yeah, I feel your excitement because yeah, yeah, you guys have been together for like ten years, right? Yeah, so yeah. ten, almost eleven years. So basically, oh more than a third of my life. <laughs> yeah, you grew up together. Yeah, totally. My fiance and I have seven years, and so yeah. I'm 27. Like I went through my 20s with yes. him. I feel, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Oh, it's yeah. exciting. Oh, I'm happy for you guys too. That's so awesome. But one thing that we do though at night, like, cause the morning routine that I have is really awesome. But at night as a verbal processor, which I think a lot of women are, um, 
at night we'll walk <laughs> yeah. our dog for two miles <laughs> and we'll um just like chat about our day which often involves me chatting and Cena like sorting through things yeah um <laughs> but hey it, it works really well and it just like helps get that out which yeah. is really good that's so good what was the so what was the Brene Brown thing that you said she said your first draft yeah she just calls like it getting it out she calls it your like I don't know if I can swear but she calls yeah, it your sure. shit first draft <laughs> okay um, and it's essentially the draft of like if you're writing a book mm-hmm. that you don't really want people to read it because it just it's not edited at all right yep. like it's just so crappy it's all of your ideas it doesn't make sense it includes like the doubt stuff it's like the ugly cry like weird things that you're saying to yourself there are very few people <laughs> that I trust with that shitty of a first draft yeah um but there's a couple that I'll give it to and it and just because I trust them right and I value their opinion and if you don't have people like that in your life keep getting yourself out there so you can keep finding people like that that you can connect with keep going to random events go outside your comfort zone talk to that stranger start a podcast so you can get to connect with people like honestly um but if you don't have those people find those people and journal journal yes journal yeah so good so that's yeah, Brene Brown is amazing. She's like I a god. love, yeah, I love her so much. Oh, she's so great. Every time I do, a, I started to do like speaking gigs, and every time I do it, I'm like, okay, I'm channeling my inner Brene. I'm finding courage. Yeah, she's so <laughs> choosing good. Choosing courage over comfort. Yeah, she's. I love her so much. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, uh, just for fun question for you, what are I like to ask this of all our guests? Um, what are three fun facts? about Keisha that we may not know any any fun facts okay I'm gonna tell you the first one that just came to mind that's really weird (laughs) um I used to want to be a broadcaster and so I I interned (laughs) I interned when the only problem is you can't really have your own opinions and I've got a lot of opinions so Mm. that was the hard part yeah Uh, and I interned at a radio station and my intern project was to plan the wiener dog races, <laughs> which, <laughs> which were at um, a race, a horse racetrack. It was a bunch of purebred wiener dogs. So I'm huh. qualified to plan wiener dog races. Nice. Um, my party trick, I'm thinking of random things. I don't know if these are supposed to be like yeah, my first I love time. It. Okay, another random one is um, my party trick in college is that I knew all the states and capitals. And I could do cake stands <laughs> for a really long time. Nice. Um, which is really helpful. Both of those very weird. And then I guess uh, an interesting one, the first time I ever spoke in front of an audience was in front of 7,000 people. What? Yeah. How? Uh, <laughs> I know. It was at a Beachbody event at their annual okay. big event that they did. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't puke or pee my pants. <laughs> So, and I didn't black out and fall off the stage. That's so a that win was right a win. there. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you lead with, and I didn't puke or black out. I mean, that would yeah. not be cute. Did you have, like, yeah, because you do a lot of speaking too. Did you have, st- like, stage fright in the beginning? Did you find that it just got easier each time? So, it's really interesting um if you haven't read the book and listener or yourself honestly emily if you haven't read high performance habits by brennan burchard Mm -hmm. i love that book and i love him and in the book he talks about how high performers just know when they need to perform and it's almost like they tell themselves in their head like i need to show up right now 
And yeah. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel speaking for the first time. But as I was backstage, I was speaking with another woman who I'd spoke before and she was amazing and she was, she made me feel really comfortable. But as I was getting my mic like hooked up to my bra and like I'm <laughs> backstage with the tech guy, I was starting to feel this feeling of like, am I nervous or am I, am I excited? And I was like, well, I'm going to label this excitement because yeah. my body's physical reaction is the same, yes. right? And then I remember thinking, I need to show up right now. I have to show up right now. I'm the person that shows up right now. And yes. so the two parts of it was one, when your body feels that physical reaction, whether it's speaking on a stage or doing a presentation at work or just doing something that you're scared, labeling it the one that serves you. Mm -hmm. um, and excitement served me. Fear did not serve me because I yeah. would have puked in front of 7,000 people and that <laughs> sucks. And then the second part was it when I like identified as he was hooking up the mic, I was like, I, I need to show up right now. And then the second line was, I'm the person who shows up when I need to show up. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like identity. tying your mantra yeah, yeah. to that identity. And so how does the person who shows up act, or act right now? Well, she's excited. So she doesn't have time to be fearful. Yeah. Right. Ooh, so that works. That's so yeah. good. I have an entire podcast episode about that, actually, like turning your nerves into excitement. Because that's yeah. something my mom used to tell me all the time. She'd say, well, stop saying I'm nervous. Start saying I'm excited. Because it's really the same physical reaction. It's so true. So you can, you can tell your body what to do with that. Yeah, so, cool. so powerful. Yeah. And yes, I love Brendan Burchard and I love the book. I think I need to get the physical copy though because I have the audio book and it's a little bit quick, too quick for me. And I'm like, what? yeah, what's happening? So I need to get the, the physical book and then like make notes and stuff. Yeah, I completely agree. I had the physical book and then we moved and I don't have it anymore. And I was listening to it on Audible. I'm like, uh, this is, I need a highlighter. Yeah. Because like, yeah. yeah, there's so much in it. It's so jam packed and it's so good. You just like, you, yeah, you can't just listen to it. You got to make notes. Yes, totally. So, so good. Um, so just before we wrap up, is there anything else that you feel like is on your heart that you feel called to share with our audience? Keeping in mind, our audience would be similar to that of your podcast. Like typically, yeah. you know, women in their 20s and 30s, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of dreamers, and they're yeah. interested in mindset stuff. I think one of the things that's been on my heart a lot is the idea that you're waiting for someone else to give you permission. And yes. I think it's our job to believe in ourselves. It's not anyone else's job to believe in us. If they want to, that's icing on the cake. But in reality, the thing that is in you is in you for a reason. I mm -hmm. just don't think you can shake it. So it's your job to navigate, I believe it's your job to navigate the fact that other people are always going to have something to say about what you're doing, what your path is, but you only have to, you can be a nice person. You can be curious. You can hear people out and, you know, be a courteous person, yeah. but I do not take advice from anyone that is not living a life that I want to be living. Yeah. Especially if they're giving me advice on something that they're not qualified to give advice on someone who's never built a business on social media who thinks that I'm being weird on social media, they don't, they're not in the same arena. Like Brene Brown would say, they're not even in the yeah. arena. So I don't want their opinion. Yeah. Right. So I think part of the job and why it's hard if you are someone who's entrepreneurial or has big dreams is you've got this in you and it's like, you want it to explode out of you and you want to do the thing. But what gets us so caught up is worried 
is worrying about what other people are thinking about what we're doing. But in reality, your job is to navigate that yourself, yeah. getting really self-aware of what you want, why you want it. You know, some of the stuff that you talk about on your podcast of like all of the journaling, getting so intentional, understanding that you can label yeah. your own body, um, your body reactions, like everything you get self-aware figure out how to navigate this. That is your gift to the world. It doesn't matter how long it takes you. That's the right amount of time, but yeah. don't give up because it's not just about you. It's about the woman out there who needs to see you showing up. It's about the woman out there who's going to be blessed by the gift that you're going to bring to the world. And if you don't go do it, you're not just doing yourself a disservice, but you're doing a disservice to her and she needs you to show up and you don't even know who she is yet. So it's not about you if it's in you. You got to go. Like, it's get out of your own damn way, right? Yes. Like, that's the message that's on my heart. Oh, <laughs> what a, yeah, what an amazing note to end this uh, interview on. I mean, I could talk to you all day, but I know your, your time is so valuable. But I loved that. It's so true. And even if it's somebody who is naysaying you and it's like a close family member or somebody that you really respect and trust, like, like you said, if they are not walking the path that you are trying to get on and they're not living a life that you would trade lives with, you don't take their advice. 100%. Yep. I love that. So good. <laughs> so good. You're so sweet. Uh, so where can people go if they want to um, connect with you and your awesome energy and get to know you more? You're so sweet. I uh, love Instagram. That's my favorite social media platform. It's Keisha, K-A-C-I-A dot Fitzgerald. And then my podcast is Empower Her Podcast. And come hang out with me. Uh, yeah, we do two so episodes good. a week. And yeah, I love it. Same type of audience. So like if they vibe with that type of mindset stuff, they'll probably vibe with that too. For sure. Yeah, everybody check it out. It's so good. I love it. You're Yay. so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. I know time is our most valuable resource and you're obviously a busy boss babe so thank you so much and I, I appreciate your energy everything you're doing everything you're being and the energy you're putting out there and all the all the women you're helping so thanks for being you and thanks for connecting with me this was like the coolest thing that's ever happened on this podcast <laughs> hey, aw, thank you so much girl thank you so much for listening if you loved today's episode, please leave me a review on iTunes or screenshot this episode and share it on your social media and tag me at EssentiallyM, EssentiallyEMM to let me know your thoughts or send it to a friend who needs to hear this message today and keep the love going. Connect with me on Instagram if we aren't friends on there yet at EssentiallyM.
Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the next episode.